0: are you doing an impersonation
1: (laughs) oh you better believe it when is he when isn't he doing an impersonation
0: yeah exactly (laughs) okay
2: okay i'm I'm laughing and i can't do the impression god damn it okay This premeditated invasion, the American people, in their righteous might, will win through to absolute victory. Thank goodness for coupons, ladies and gentlemen, comrades and friends. Yeah, that, that's my intro. Uh, to be timely. <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
1: anyway you know you know in an hour i'm seeing a production at cal arts and honestly as most regional theater hacks go that wasn't bad oh thank you thank you uh, yeah no, no i like that
2: i like i like impersonating presidents uh, yeah. obviously uh <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> welcome <laughs> listeners uh to a very special episode of mars on life here sebastian and i are late in the season getting very close to that season finale where what will be the big topic well we're not sure yet um but we're gonna try and <laughs> meander our way I'm like towards you knew?
1: The <laughs> I, I don't
2: I don't know either uh, and and la- mind you last year it, it dovetailed from a bonus episode so for all I yeah, know that's true. We, that's true we we could step into some gold mine in this episode and two weeks from now we're laying it out on a grand scale better than the doctor who season finale. But that in itself is an episode for another time. Actually it's not because the season finale wasn't worth it. Um, uh... session season finale though, that's right around the corner and that whole oh. Anyway, that's another episode for another time. With Sebastian, we have a incredible guest or rather an incredible returning guest as well as her compatriot joining us. And, uh, I guess, without much further ado, special guests, please introduce yourselves.
3: Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hi.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, go on ahead, Morgan.
3: (laughs) Oh, oh, I'm Morgan, as Ryan just said. Um, Yes, we are co-hosts of a very new podcast. Um, We are also longtime best friends uh two people who probably know way too much about each other um (laughs) what else else I mean if you want
0: to know any of those you know nitty-gritty details just listen to our podcast Um, yeah
3: we are filling (laughs) some 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 pretty uh pretty interesting uh details about our personal lives but that's what we wanted to do so
0: yeah we're doing it Mm -hmm. look it up it's called am I doing this wrong um and we answer that question every week usually we're doing it somewhat wrong if not all all the <laughs> way wrong <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> it it lives up to the title then i'm assuming
0: it, oh it <laughs> does i mean if my 20s say anything it lives up to that question being yes <laughs>
1: so, so i got to ask it's like it's like life hacks mixed with advice column mixed with like humor right because I yeah. typically get like a, like a, like a spot at work where it's like, I'm just doing nothing for three hours and it's just like, Oh, okay. You know, podcast music time, you know, if I'm allowed to do that. And I saw it and I'm just like, okay, I need to like be kind of stealthy with this because I don't know if my boss is going to walk in any moment and sees me not doing the work.
4: <laughs> but
1: I was very curious because it's just like, we have a lot of, sort of like edutainment life advice kind of uh like columns out there on the internet not necessarily pertaining to podcasts Mm -hmm. alone but um I mean this is this is your floor uh I'll I'll shut up because I really want to (laughs) know
0: yeah so I think it's a mix I yeah I think you got it uh all right except I think we're a little heavy on the Hopefully, heavy on the humor and less the be advice mm. because we don't know what the fuck we're doing.
1: Okay, okay. <laughs>
3: no,
0: you're not wrong,
3: <laughs> Yeah, no, we definitely try to put our disclaimer in that we are not experts. I mean, we try to be really, you know, forthcoming with that with our title. So hopefully, that's coming across, you know. But it really came from this feeling of getting through our 20s as millennials. And just feeling like, is there a right way to do something? You know, we've been adults for how long now? And yet we're still coming up with this question in every aspect of life. And what does that really mean? And so Mm. we just want to broach every topic with like an open-mindedness. You know, it's fun to do the research and figure out things that have come, you know, in previous eras and also to see what people are doing nowadays, and then also, you know, tie in some of our own stories and experiences, and hopefully people can feel a little less alone when they just feel dumb or crazy or just really unsure.
0: I would just like to add, we've been adults for a total of two weeks, so... (laughs) Still figuring it out. The jury's still out. Yeah, we're not quite sure. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, I mean, we're what are we approaching? We're approaching a hundred, and and we still don't. We we still don't know how, how the how the hell this thing works.
2: Hundred episodes, <laughs> not hundred years old.
1: Just, just a <laughs> oh, okay, clarification. Just context. Um, <laughs> I don't know. At a hundred, at a hundred, I'm at that point. It's like you know, it's either I die or I figure it out for sure. And at that point, <laughs> right. I, I think I'm gonna run out of time. But yeah, no, 100 episodes <laughs> in,
2: and nice. we are...
0: Congratulations. That's yeah, awesome. that's awesome. It's we're simple...
2: almost there. We're, we're at 95 now, but we're, we're almost there.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I take it back. Fuck that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, yeah, I,
1: you know, I, you don't so much as figure it out as you find out what works for you, I think, is mm-hmm. sort of in my perspective. And it's, and it's not to... It's not to shit on your idea or anything, because that's that's honestly great. You know, we need more voices that really have a perspective of. Shit, I don't know what to do either. You know, who do I turn to? Do I turn to do I turn to someone 20 to 30 years older than me who lives in a completely different generation and won't have a clue on <clears throat> what I'm going through? It's like, no, you go to someone who's your age kind of thing. And yeah, I think that that's incrementally important. Right.
0: No, exactly. I think that's the biggest thing is that when we were starting this idea, which, yeah, it's been a while in the coming or coming. It's been a while in the making. (laughs) (laughs) And when we were first trying to figure it out, that was one of the big things. Like, how much advice do we really take from people like, yeah, our parents age, um, or even maybe a little bit younger. But the reality is, is, yeah, our lives just don't look like theirs. And a lot of the issues that we go through, um are very taboo in older generations and so it's like but mm-hmm. well, we're not you know we're not old enough to be like oh no we can't talk about those things like me and Morgan have been spouting this shit for years now so <laughs> the time we just recorded it <laughs> yeah yeah we're just recording it now
2: <laughs> so so I guess explain both your you know both of you have been friends for a long time uh I guess silly first question how did you two meet and after knowing each other for so many years what was it and hopefully I'm not well I hope I'm not stealing this next question from Sebastian but I guess what was it that ultimately drove both of you to decide you know hey man let's do a podcast
0: oh okay so I will do the first part than you take the <laughs> <other part. laughs> okay. oh great thank you <laughs> Uh, so we met actually. So we did go to the same high school um, in the high desert in Southern California, and we didn't really know each other then. Um, we just kind of had a few like people like that we circled around, like kind of the same groups, but not really. Um, and it was it wasn't until actually right after high school, Morgan was a year above me that we actually ended up getting really close she was back for the summer um if anybody knows that college life where you have to move back for the summer and uh (laughs) Pickens to hang out with people you know what I mean and so (laughs) she obviously wanted to hang out with the recent grad who had no money and no idea what the fuck she was going to do with her life uh so we got really close off of (laughs) a lot of really cheap beer and really (laughs) shitty weed (laughs) yeah
1: oh man that takes me back
0: Yeah, Yeah.
1: (laughs) I'm looking at I'm looking at you, Ryan, and your desolate Harry Potter closet of a room.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah,
3: our situation wasn't much better. It was hanging out in my parents' garage, just summer nights. Yeah, drinking shitty beer. But lo and behold, a great friendship grew out of that. So lucky us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we kept I mean, really right after high school. Um, Morgan and one of our other really good friends uh, us three just really became just kind of the three Like Morgan studied abroad for a year so she was in the UK Um, I was in San Diego for college starting out and yeah we just got really close and I think one of the big reasons why we got so close is because yeah like I said we wanted to have a lot of conversations about things that not everyone was talking about even our other friends at the time were very shy to discuss things about sexuality and about yeah your vagina and all the things right
3: Right. or like mental health or
0: relationships
3: Mm -hmm. just tough stuff right that it really felt nice to have friends that you could lean on in like a big way you know Mm -hmm. of course you meet people and, and that's great but to really find like those close bonds is is definitely something special so yeah we've been close for a long time yeah. Mm-hmm. And
0: then what was the second part? <laughs> uh,
2: I, what what was it that ultimately pushed the two of you to decide, hey, let's let's get some microphones and, a, you know, open up GarageBand after not using it for all these years. We've had this MacBook Pro and uh, let's record what we say, send it out in the ether and see what people have to say about it.
3: Right, I know, finally using my computer for something other than Netflix, yeah.
2: <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> so I so I moved to Arizona about five years ago, and I was telling you before that I've moved back to California since um in these mm. past few months. But that drive was like five and a half hours. And so I just started listening to podcasts and I fell in love. I I can't tell you how many podcasts I listen to. You know, if I'm not on a call at work, then I'm listening to a podcast. And so I really, really like the medium. Um, Ryan is a big podcaster too. We listen to different genres, but we're both pretty ingrained in um, just listening to as many as we can. And I think around my. Thirtieth birthday, I just kind of had this feeling like, what What am I doing? What the fuck is my life gonna look like? You know, I spent a lot of time like having fun and and making money, but not really figuring that out and seeing people mm. our age, you know, buy houses and have kids, and that wasn't really necessarily on my trajectory. But I kind of realized I don't know where my trajectory is going. And Ryan, I think, kind of similarly. We both didn't necessarily have that cookie cutter plan for our lives, but we didn't really know what that plan looked like. And so just having that questioning moment, that kind of self-evaluation moment is where the idea came from of like, okay, we can't be the only ones feeling like this. Maybe even the people who are buying houses and having kids are having these moments where They don't necessarily have everything figured out, you know, and maybe social media plays into that in our generation because everyone looks like they have their shit together, but that can't be true. And so (laughs) the idea for this podcast came from, okay, are we doing this wrong? Is there a right way to do it? And so we got together and we started asking ourselves, what are the things that we could talk about that not everyone is necessarily talking about, but everyone's probably questioning themselves about. Yeah, we knew we wanted to do something creative for a long time. We had talked about it forever. And so it all kind of came together. The stars aligned and (laughs) we got ourselves um, some equipment. We figured out how to use GarageBand and we're fucking doing it.
1: (laughs) Nice, nice. So I I wanted to, you know, honestly, when you said that, I wanted to save this question for the very, very end. But just a thought came to my mind because the show is all about finding your way as in X, Y, Z age in an era where those answers aren't, they're typically not given to you. So. Hypothetically speaking, you end up figuring out a topic and this is sort of a two part question. Hypothetically speaking, you figure out a topic like you find the answer to it. Um, would you say that, that 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 episode that that topic is like more or less completed? or would you still find room for conversation about it? And then the other topic, the other question I wanted to bring up is, let's say, you know, and I'm not saying this is going to happen immediately, but you end up finding the answers to everything you're looking for in life. Is the podcast theoretically over oh i mean i'd hope not and i know it sounds (laughs) kind of dismal and looking at it but you know again if a podcast is supposed to achieve this goal as a medium of sort of answering uh the perspective question of you know in this case what are you doing you know what are we doing are we doing it wrong and you end up finding out the difference between right and wrong what happens do you do you have a do you have a podcast to the sequel <laughs> <laughs>
4: there? <sequel. laughs> you know,
1: they're, they're, only, it's, they're only 11 yeah.
2: episodes in my guy. Just I just mean, just throwing that one.
1: No, out no, there. no, no, no. But but I'm only saying this because, you know, uh, and I'm not I'm not doing this to compare apples to oranges. But in our start, we sort of had in Mars on Life Start, we sort of had this theme of um, topic discussion, proposed solutions from two differing perspectives, a dialogue between the two and then just sort of a chummy outlook on, you know, the state of the topic in general. And it was really left open-ended in that regard. And I guess my question is in your podcast, is it supposed to be open-ended or is it intended to have a solution at the end for each topic that you have?
0: Well, I think, um, so I think there's definitely more than one solution to every topic that we're talking about. We're starting pretty broad. There's only a few topics that we've done that are pretty specific, I would say. Um, but I don't think it's really I think that's the point, right. Like am I doing this wrong? is a journey through life, right? Like that's that 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 applies to hmm. anything. Um, I also think my therapist would give you a run for your money to say that (laughs) I'll ever figure anything out. Correct? No,
1: no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not, I'm not asking it. I'm not asking. Yeah, please don't think I'm asking it to be like condescending or anything. It's one of those things that I kind of ask myself in regards to what I'm doing as well, where it's like, you know, once you figure something out in life, and it could be as small as say, um, you know, what you want to eat for breakfast. To is something large it's figuring out your career path. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: But once you figure that out, you've still got your whole life to live. You know, there's something else that you can figure out as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's sort of where my question lines into, like, you know, once you figure this out. Is it over or is it is it a new topic that you want to tackle?
0: I like that question. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it's condescending at all. I think that's completely. Um, understand, like, it's it makes sense, right, because the concept is, yeah, we're going to tackle these things and we provide somewhat solutions or, you know, some type of ways to deal with whatever the issue is, um, but I do think that there's something to be said for the fact that, you know, yeah, we are, um, you know, leaving our 20s and figuring out a different part of our life. I do think that now I have become a little bit more comfortable with the reality that I'm probably not going to be a traditional career path person and this is one of the conversations of why we started it um, when we did was because we realized that there's always going to be multiple different mediums that we enjoy and multiple different paths that we enjoy. Um, However, like there's always going to be an ever evolving way to do those things. And Mm -hmm. so I think for us, the podcast is just the start. So I, I do think that like, like Morgan said, you know, we've always wanted to do something creative together. We've, played with ideas of you know for a tv show we've played with ideas for you know many different things and so i would like to think that this is just the beginning um so yeah if uh, hbo offers us a deal to fucking write a show <laughs> it's gonna be the end of it by doing this wrong we're gonna nice. end it with yeah we did it fucking right <laughs> but, <laughs> right yeah at that point
3: at that point we can say we did it right yes
4: yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah i
3: think It's just about opening up the conversation, you know, all those things that make you feel insecure, like you just, you know, it seems like everyone has their shit together, like I said, but that's not necessarily true. And so we're just trying to touch on topics that everyone is probably questioning, but not necessarily having a lot of conversations about. And we're trying to put it out there, find information, be vulnerable about our own experiences, and hopefully build a community where people can contribute and feel heard and get more information. And yeah, just feel like they have a friend looking right. up something about I don't know bad roommates and <laughs> whether or not people have you know pubic hair still. Like what's yeah. the deal with that? You know, we're just <laughs> we're just trying to figure out what what, are, what people are up to.
4: Right. There's
1: a there's a large. <laughs> Area here,
4: <laughs> yes.
1: I really no. want to ask I really want to ask more, but I know Ryan's probably dying for a uh,
2: <laughs> This is probably a question more appropriate for later, but it and maybe I'm just thinking in terms of the fact that we're close to our season finale. are you both going to have this show sort of come out in seasons, or is this just going to continue to be a weekly show from now until the end of time? <laughs>
3: Right now, we're planning on weekly episodes all year round. You know, we Mm. made a pretty serious, uh, you know, plan before we even started recording. We didn't want to jump into anything without any kind of preparation. So we have our topics listed. You know, we do our recording a few weeks ahead of time to make sure we always have something to put out. We've been pretty on top of it. Nothing in our schedules has really not been conducive to lining up with that schedule um like you Mm -hmm. said though we are pretty new so we might you know a few months down the line realize seasons would be better so it really just depends we're just kind of getting our feel for it but right now we're just planning on trying to push forward with a episode every monday
2: nice because i and the reason why i asked that is so mainly because given there are 11 episodes available uh TLDR people, check them out, please. Uh, That's that's my editorializing of just straight up saying, just please, people go listen to the show. Um, But the subjects are uh, body hair, parts one and two, uh, sex in a relationship versus sex while single, quitting your job, activism, going to therapy, virginity, contraception, roommates, pet peeves, And the last one, at first, I did not know what to think of the title just because at first I thought, oh, is this like what happens when I go ham on Grand Theft Auto? But then I realized it actually (laughs) meant body count. Um, So, uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, kind of tying it in with what we've already been talking about, that's a pretty wide variety of subjects that all certainly have a great deal of interconnectivity, especially when it comes to the fact that, you know, you're you're both millennials, and these are all subjects that millennials have been grappling with for however long now, however many years now. Uh, and, you know, I guess, when it comes to settling on discussions for each topic, is there a Has there ever been like a timely necessity or has it just been like like you were saying, Morgan, about sort of just mapping it out and approaching each topic week by week?
0: Oh, yeah. So you mean, like, do we pick each week like based on like something that's going on? Is that what you mean or
2: sort of or I guess that but also sort of like you have a set itinerary of topics, but then, you know, say something comes up in the news or, you know, maybe something comes up in either of your lives, like, is there ever any, basically, and this is my sort of person working in news thinking of, you know, oh, is there like a breaking topic,
0: mm, you know, right. or is it all
2: just kind of a steady, right. steady plot line through and through?
0: So this is actually something that we talked about before we started. Um, so me and Morgan, as much as we are, yeah, millennials, and we do, yeah, obviously, like, we're not, um, we're not living under rocks. Like, we know, you know, what's <laughs> going on. But I think that this is actually one of the reasons why I wanted to start a podcast that really dealt with, like, certain topics, um, despite what's going on. Because, you know, obviously, like, the last time I was on your show, um, which, thank you for having me again, but the first time I was on, you know, we were talking about the tumultuous, you know, election and everything that was going on with that. And so I think for me, um, and I'm sure Morgan can touch on it herself as well, but I think for me, this is honestly um, this is like a safe place. This is like a a safe haven from the bullshit that goes on. And so I can still be as millennial tapped in and understanding of what's going on in our world, but I don't need to be, you know, overwhelmed and, you know, immersed in it 24 Mm seven. And so to have these conversations, um, because they're kind of, I mean, in a way they're kind of timeless conversations, like these, nothing that we're necessarily talking about is ever going to stop being something that's relevant. And I think that that's actually the reason why we do like to choose the topics the way we do is because, and more so, you know, what we enjoy to talk about or find, you know, pressing to talk about. Um, I would say the most relevant or like current things that we would do is like, we'll have episodes about maybe the time of year that's coming up. Um, Mm -hmm. But overall, I really do think for me, it really is a step away from what's going on. Because, and it and it still comes up, that's not to say we're void of, like, understanding, you know, like, the social implications of what we're saying, but at the same time, like, it is a really nice break to just have a real discussion um, about things that are, yeah, like I said, kind of timeless in a way, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. Morgan. Yeah,
3: no, I agree with that. That's true. And I would say if there's any other kind of scheduling we keep in mind, it's if, the topics we're covering can be somewhat related. Like for example, we did contraception right after virginity. Mm. We we did that intentionally, but you know, we have a whole list of uh, topics that we choose from. Like I said, we pre planned a lot before we got started ever recording. And so it's, it's kind of fun because we get to pick out topics that we are interested that week or, if, if they do feel relevant to our lives, you know, Ryan and I both talk a lot about being in therapy. And so that episode was really meaningful because we both are in the midst of really getting something out of working on our mental health. And so being able to share that and talk about our experiences with it in like, in a current sense, as in we're both going, um, the, in those ways we are intentional, but yes, I agree with Ryan. We're not really trying to keep up with, you know, what's going on in pop culture and in the media so specifically Mm. as far as timeline goes.
2: You know, obviously, and this is something that I know Sebastian and I have talked about before in terms of sort of the, you know, we, we, we talk a lot about sort of the state of media and how not only, and mind you, this is media extending well outside of you know, either journalism or even what, how and what media people consume, whether it's through podcasts, cable news, uh, you know, the people that still, thank goodness, subscribe to their newspaper. Like, it's, you know, it's kind of like, we talk a lot about how with all all media, whether it's television, films, podcasting, the news, uh, you know, even politically biased news, like there is... A great deal of abundance, but at the same time, there's a lot of formats that I think are easy to sort of take up and think, okay, I like that idea. I want to go forward with that. And I think, you know, that that's something I, I after, after having hearing both of you talk about it, that's something I greatly admire about your show is that having that kind of steady stream and that steady kind of format of, you know understanding okay so we have this topic and then you know this follows this and this seems to make sense after that like i think and maybe this just says something about all the podcasts i'm listening to outside of this one it's it's interesting to hear something that has almost like a formula to it whereas with our show like we definitely have our formula but in a lot of ways we are responding to what's going on what's in the news and so it's it's fascinating whenever Whenever there's that one show that comes out where it's clearly following off of previous episodes, it's clearly following mm-hmm. its own trajectory like that. I, I just I find that fascinating. um you well,
0: know, I'd like to think, add to that. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's first of all, I have a serious appreciation for people that can follow like the, you know, current events in a way that's, you know, like relevant and you know you can put it into your show or whatever medium that you choose to that's really Mm -hmm. awesome because that takes a certain skill and I think I realized through you know some of the work around you know community building and things that I you know really take part in I realized that my mental health and the way that you know my brain is set up that I just truly cannot process that like I literally Mm -hmm. had to like take a step back from Twitter for a while because I was just like (laughs) I don't have the mental capacity to keep that up and this, and that was something that I had to figure out the hard way, unfortunately. Um, But it really led me to realizing that like, this could be like something done out of like love and passion for just having really um, candid conversations with one of my best friends. And so it was always something um, I think when we first had the idea to start a podcast, I do remember we were very apprehensive about like what way should we go with this? Yeah. uh, Should it be more, you know, uh, focused on, you know, the present culture. But I think we both realized that that wouldn't have been genuine to us as people because we genuinely don't really sit around and just talk about what's going on necessarily. Like we do talk Mm -hmm. about it, but at the same time, like me and Morgan, like I said, we do really like to have candid conversations about serious parts of our lives that, you know, we kind of are trying to figure out ourselves. And so, I don't know, for me, it's a little bit more introspective. Um, and it gives us time to kind of you know poke fun at things and obviously like you know laugh at things that are funny and laugh at ourselves mostly um, but <laughs> also just yeah take a take a nice breath from what our lives do de- you know what our lives have decided that we have to kind of be a part of every day um so hopefully this this will be that breath of fresh air for other people too
2: i'll put it this way especially on the 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 aspect of humor and you know obviously there's more than enough podcasts that do an exceptional job at that. It it can be a difficult thing, but when it's natural, and especially when I hear the two of you talk, like I I hear that that real, you know, that that very natural cadence, that kind of dance that the two of you have, and and I, I just got to say, I'll just say two words, um, just because they they crept up in in one particular episode that I did want to talk about, because uh, it kind of. <laughs> It it almost, in a weird way, the episode kind of serves as a sequel to when we last had you on, Ryan. Um, But those two words to kind of crystallize uh, the humor aspect, I'm just going to say facial plaque. Um, But anyway, uh, enough about that. (laughs) Uh, Uh, You can bet I did my homework. Um, (laughs) uh, I was taking out the trash and I was like, oh, wow. activism is going in a different direction okay um <laughs> <laughs> yeah that And in fact that was so, so going nice. on to that very subject of facials no I'm just kidding of activism <laughs> uh, let's get into it what do you want
3: to
4: <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding go ahead
2: <laughs> uh, I, I I love I absolutely love the discussion and, and they're part of the reason why I bring it up not only because again it's something we talked about when you know the uh, the general election was going on, and, you know, we did sort of a three-part series talking about sort of what was going on just before the election. We did another one that I think mainly talked about sort of the, you know, the, the kind of weight, you know, for the election results as well as what was going on elsewhere in, you know, parts of Los Angeles County, Southern California, Santa Clarita Valley— And then, of course, sort of the outcome and what did it all mean? And I know one topic in particular that came up, I want to say it was in the second episode you were in, Ryan, um, where we discussed the subject of activism and how, you know, last year, you know, and and this kind of, I think, depends on where and who is saying it. But, you know, talking about how last summer the protests that ensued following murder of George Floyd and how they were said to be some of the biggest demonstrations and marches and protests that has ever been on record, at least within the last hundred years. And, you know, I brought up the great point about what things were like in the 1960s and everybody take a shot because Ryan's about to bring up Mike Davis for the umpteenth time. Um, but Mike Davis's uh, recent tome. You know, flight risk of a book that's 800 pages set the night on fire and how in a lot of ways it it talks in great detail about Los Angeles in the 1960s and all that transpired with literally everything from the Chicano Moratorium to the Watts Rebellion to what happened to Angela Davis, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And, you know, I brought up the fact that you had all this amazing stuff happen, but then we get Nixon And that seems to be a complete, you know, a complete reaction uh, to all that transpired within the first eight years of that decade. And I guess now that we're a good, at this rate, we're we're almost a full, actually, we're more than a full year removed from the election. And, you know, obviously, the previous president did not win re-election. My fear was that that would be something that, serve as kind of a a history rhyming moment of you have all this demonstrating and activism and people coming forth and yet it keeps in you know a lot of the the a lot of those in power that were the opposite of what the demonstrators and you know various protesters wanted I guess where and and this might be too big of a question so I'll, I'll be delicate here uh I guess in terms of the year plus and the response to pushing forward for a lot of those changes that were being demanded for and asked for during last year's election, do you see the work of activism still being effective in terms of getting any kind of change to go forward? Or do you think there's a degree of sort of passivity in terms of, well, you know, mission accomplished, the bad orange man is gone, so now we can go back to brunch and, you know, all all will be resolved without our help. I guess,
0: mm, what
2: what yeah. trajectory do you kind of see ourselves in now that we're a year after the election?
0: Yeah, so... I I know that was kind of rambling, and
2: I apologize, but... (laughs) No,
0: that's okay. I mean, hey, this is your show. We're just guests. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But no, I I totally understand why, yeah, like, you're asking it the way you are, because, first of all, no, fuck that. Uh, Eat the rich. um, Guillotines for all of them. And, like, no, it's not over. I think I do understand why it seems that way, because you have these big uprisings, um, and it does come from... You know, obviously, yeah, we were hit with a pandemic for the first time in, you know, in our modern history. And that obviously, you know, stopped the world, basically. I mean, but not to say 2021 has been much different, but it still gave a lot of people time to get out there. But I think we actually kind of covered that a little bit in the episode that that's not sustainable. It's not it's unfortunate, but it's it's not sustainable for folks to, you know, literally and figuratively stay in the streets and stay active all the time. And, and that's why with that episode, uh, you know, when I picked it, it was because I do have a love for people power. And I think that, you know, if anything's going to change, it's going to be from us because folks at the top sure don't give a damn. Um, And so I do think that it's an ongoing fight, um, but I do think everyone has to find their place and what that means to them. And we deal with the differences between, you know, activism and advocacy because, You know, everyone is not going to be the people that need to be out there, you know, fighting that fight. And and, you know, major props to people who do. I've I've been those people, but it's a very taxing um, you know, way of life. And it takes a lot out of people. And I think for myself, you know, I had to prioritize, you know, because not only was I venturing to a completely new coast, (laughs) I'm now on the East Coast, which is super awesome, but I did have to find my place in all that. And so I think that. Things have, you know, people say that things have gone, quote unquote, back to normal. Um, but if you look at anything within the st- state of our country, I mean, the sum- supply and demand chain is breaking down like so wildly. Um, you know, our president served us a bunch of platitudes and nothing has really come of it. My student loans kick back in, which were supposed to be canceled. I mean, like there's just so many things that you can point to that will lead to, you know, inevitably another sort of, you know, social uprising where people will be fed up again and that'll happen. But I do think through reading more and being able to kind of like put my energy into other things, I do think that I understand now why, yeah, like why activism is such a, it's a touchy topic. It's a hot topic because it's, you know, it's, it's something that you have to understand what your place is. And I think that for myself, I wanted to just give people like an opportunity to understand that it doesn't mean that just because you're not quote unquote doing anything that you're not a part of culture and you're not being affected by these things. It's just Mm. that everybody is not going to have that place in, in the fight and that's okay. Um, But the reality is, is no, I don't, I don't think we're so much better off. I just think that, you know, um, people are just having to make do. I mean, you know, like life must go on and things are opening back up and people still have to pay their bills and, You know, and so, yeah. And so that's why, honestly, with this podcast, it was it was right on time because I was like, everything that I do doesn't have to be steeped in my work. I can just be a living representation of what what it looks like to be in a shit system and, you know, work and have to, like, abide by this capitalistic system, but also still spread the word that there are other options. And, you know, hopefully inspire some people without, you know, putting them down because they're, quote unquote, not doing enough
3: you know, I think the activism episode was definitely educational. And I think Ryan presented it in such a nice way. Because I mean, as a white cis female, like I do have a lot of privilege in society. And so I think there's a lot of guilt that comes with that. And I think during that time, and even still now, I just always, I kind of felt like I wasn't doing enough. You know, I was asking that question to myself, you know, regarding this topic specifically. And so, just learning about activism and advocacy and really trying to present it in a way where your contribution can be as small as, you know, Venmoing someone $5 for a food drive up to marching in the streets with your banners and being at the protests and everything matters. Mm-hmm. You know, the worst thing you can do is nothing at all. And so I think Ryan just put it really, really beautifully in that episode. And just really, yeah, like she said, it's really about finding your place and doing what you can and and being OK with that.
2: Mm-hmm. One, well, actually, two subjects that, that definitely caught my attention the most in the episode, one of which was, of course, uh, and I, I mentioned her already, but. You know, get, getting to, to hear Ryan talk about Angela Davis was a total treat um, just because she's somebody that I admire. She's somebody who. No relation to Mike Davis, although they do know each other very well. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. you know, in fact, not that long ago, I was actually watching. They were on a live stream for Haymarket Books, just knowing the history between those two and. not Not even just the history between them, but the history that of what, you know, what they've lived through and especially what they've done, especially within the last three decades, I guess more so with Mike Davis and his his writing, um, you know, it, it, it was just fascinating getting to hear that. And also, of course, uh, you know, she's more of a mentor and not an idol, which, you know, the, the way that you phrased all of that, Ryan, I, I have to give it uh, huge props just because that's kind of my thinking with writers and thinkers where, you know, heroes are overrated. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. it, and, but the other point too, that, that really, really drew me in was talking about the activism versus advocacy subject. Cause I know that was something that both on and off air, Sebastian and I would talk about. And I think on top of both of those, not only do you have the people that are Without a doubt, putting in the hard, hard work of actually, you know, not only being prepared to demonstrate for God knows how long, sun up to sundown, perhaps even longer, um, but also just the work that goes into, you know, making sure you have all the necessary supplies, having enough drinking water for everyone, especially during the summertime, especially during the LA summertime. And especially during the L.A. County summertime, I should know, (laughs) um, and stress on how how it's so much of a tedious yet hopefully rewarding position to be in, and then contrast that with advocacy where it's whatever people are able to do, especially from home, which Mm -hmm. for a lot of people that was all they could do, especially during a pandemic when Mm – you know, if somebody's living with somebody else who's immunocompromised, for example. But, um, I you know, the, there's the other element to it that I know Sebastian and I have talked at great length. And Sebastian knows exactly who I'm talking about when I bring this up. Um, but also the... Uh, do I? Well, there's the theatrical side, which I know was something oh. that... I, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah.
2: You, you know what I mean. Uh, um, well, but, I'm, a little, uh, I'm a little jaded, but... Oh, uh, That makes two of us, buddy. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I guess, you know, that was something that I want to say we did talk about last year with you, Ryan, but I I was curious to kind of get both of your takes on the theatrical side, because obviously you have people that are invested, but then you also have the people that, you know, and this I'm doing my best trying to not put these people down. But at the same time, there is a, a fairly substantial level of criticism that goes towards people that, you know, aren't typically from a particular political background, but they decide they want to get on with the movement. And
4: Mm. when they do,
2: they, 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 you know, essentially, they essentially take politics in one hand, social media in the other,
1: and mm. pretend to give a shit, Mm. which, you know, okay, it's one thing if you kind of understand the socioeconomic plight of the world as it is but it's another to either you can either fake care or genuinely care and just be obnoxious about it
4: mm. right?
1: and yeah. it, it doesn't even come across as a message that they're wanting to get across so much as it is the image of them mm. being a, being an ally or being an advocate or at that point i'd rather just prefer the ally who who sort of shut up shuts up and does his or her own thing for the cause
0: right because it, right.
1: because it's the right thing to do not because people will see it.
0: Yes, yeah okay so yes I, I want to touch on two things and I actually of course me over here I'm like opening my notes because I wanted to actually mention uh, somebody who came to mind because um, I really like that you brought up the fact that um, yeah hearing about you know amazing people like you know Angela Davis is always something a, a pleasure to talk about. But I also did really like the fact that when I was you know trying to find a little bit more research, I wanted to find out, you know what are the newer takes on that, right? Because Angela hmm. Davis has, you know obviously done hers and some that, and, and some, right? So she's still very active. Um, but in the just to bring it a little bit more current, one of the um, quote unquote activists that I found of this time, um, was a young girl by the name of Eva Lewis, um, who started uh, Youth for, Youth for Black Lives in Chicago. And she was actually, um, her TED Talk was really interesting because she was basically just saying like, I have never had the privileges that it takes to be an activist in this space because it is time consuming. Like you were saying, like not only just showing up and being able-bodied enough to do the types of things that it takes to be out there, but also, yeah, being, um, you know, having the funds to, you know, drive down there or find your way to these protests and continually show up and not just try to be there for the photo op or whatever it is. Right. Because you do have those people. Um, And I will say it's, it's gone both ways. I've seen people do that. And it's like, on one hand, it's like, okay, you know, you're spreading awareness in some way. So hopefully that's good. But at the same time, you know, to what end, right. Where does this, where does this end for you? Is this it? Um, But me and Morgan kind of touched on that in the episode that it's, it's really tough. Because there, there's, it's, it's, it's always feeling as if there's not enough or if you've not done enough, right? Like if I show up to the protest because I'm very upset that I saw a, a Black man get killed by a police officer yet again, am I wrong to not show up? You know, am I wrong if I don't continually show up, if I don't have the time mm-hmm. to do that? And so I really like what she had to say because she was basically saying it's a privileged space to be in to even be expected to show up and, you know, expect people to be able to commit their lives this way because – you know, you are taking on the work of, you know, years and years in the making of creating, like, social activism really means something. It's it's really tough to get those kind of, quote unquote, wins. Um, and so I would say that that's really important. But also, too, uh, just, you know, to kind of go back into, the, like, the performative activism, it's definitely a thing. I mean, it's 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 one of those things where, you know, with this new generation of, yeah, total social media you know, immersion and everything having to be shown or it didn't happen, it, it it applies to every realm. And unfortunately, sometimes, you know, families that are really hurting and need that publicity, it's like, well, yeah, we kind of do want the, you know, young white social media uh, person that's got a huge following to come down, even if it is just for the day, because that's a huge untapped, you know, audience that maybe has no idea that we even exist, you know, And so it's like, you kind of have to take the good with the bad, um, just like in any other space. Um, And that's what we were talking about, too, on that episode, that, you know, just because it's a space of change and people that want change, that does not mean that everyone in that space is going to have the same way about getting it. And it doesn't mean that everyone in that space is not going to be toxic or not going to be, you know, um, well enough mentally to, you know, be in those spaces. And I've definitely experienced it. And so... Yeah, like, you know, one of the other young people that I mentioned in that episode was Safia Khan, and she's in the UK. And she Mm -hmm. was basically saying just that, that, you know, people saw her at this rally where she was going up against white supremacists in her country, and they took a picture, and it went viral. And now she's turned into this social media phenomenon and given, you know, these deals, and people want to do all these things with her. But in reality, she even says, like, it could have been anyone. Like, anyone could have been this picture that went viral. And so instead of her using it just for her own gain, She points it back to the fact that we can all just be active in certain ways. You don't have to wait until the opportunity to the photo op, right? You don't have to wait for that to actually affect change within your area. And so to me, that's more impactful is like, yeah, of course, you know, pictures are everywhere. And, you know, you're going to have your folks that show up to do that. Um, But at the same time, I think I've, I've come a long way in understanding why people do the things that they do. Um, and I don't think it's always as ill-intentioned as we think. I also work with high schoolers all day, so that could be a reason why my heart softens <laughs> hopping towards these things, because I really just don't think that it's, like, even when, like, a fight breaks out and students start recording, like, I've talked to my students about this, and they don't, it it, it doesn't compute the same. They're not thinking of it as, oh, everyone's just going to watch this. It's, it's like, it's like second nature to them. It's like, oh, I'm here, and this is an event that is very excited. I'm going to share this. I don't know. It's a, It's a weird, it's a weird space to be in. I'm not saying everyone should just be out for the photo op.
1: But if the photo op didn't exist, would you say that the message would still get across?
0: I mean, to the same audience? Maybe not. Like, that's why these topics, as broad as they are, like, we'll definitely revisit it, you know, um, maybe in a different type of episode. It might not be exactly activism, but, but yeah, no, exactly. We have an episode that we, you know, we'll probably do about, you know, about social media, like, what does that look like, right? Like, how does that actually play into your real life? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, but good question. Now, I'm still grappling with it myself.
2: (laughs) Especially up here where, you know, you certainly have, at least from what I've seen, um, you know, as, you know, the editor-in-chief of a news website and sharing articles on social media, you always have a great deal of people who, You may not recognize them out and about when there is a particular demonstration happening. You have a lot of people out here that are being very performative in regards to what they have to say on social media, but then you understand that their heart may be in the right place, but you always find folks that will eagerly, eagerly go after a politician that they're in favor of and— then almost have to cheerlead is the wrong word but certainly promote their own ideology almost as if it's a badge of honor when in reality and this is something I've seen a lot of and I'm mesmerized by it because it's so baffling especially you know with ideology being a subject that I've been obsessed with for years and years you know to see somebody for example come forward and say well I'm a communist, and so therefore I have to support this center of the road Democrat, calling himself uh, progressive. And you're thinking to yourself, "Well, gee, that's your activism, you know." And and outside of that, it it goes into the sort of yeah. it goes into a performative element, and then sort of blends into the advocacy thing, where it just it's just posting. Um, Mm, to which, of course, I I know has been a constant over the last year. uh, One podcaster I listened to, Matt Christman, talks about it a lot, where it's basically just a matter of, well, if you want to affect any kind of change, just follow two words, log off.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that sounds like... Hashtag log off. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, that sounds like a classic, like, Boomer, you know, like this isn't working. I mean, I literally just had like uh, you know, a little not even argument. It was really just a like I just needed to check him, honestly. It was another teacher and he was like spouting, you know, to students that like, you know, if they want to be leaders, they need to put their phones down. And the reality is that's just not their reality. That is not what their reality looks like. Most of their influence does come from social media. Um, and that can be for the good or bad, but I think for me and what that looks like in my like and for me now what that looks like is that you're only going to be able to be as effective as the as the culture is changing right like whatever the culture is deems you know uh important at the time you you do have to use that you know in whatever way you can to spread your not to spread that knowledge and so I think in a way like I know for me like we talked about this on one of the most recent episodes that like TikTok, like I don't, it's it's not for me. Like I will never be able to enact, you know, or influence on TikTok, um, and not even mm-hmm. just like with a big following. But I will never be able to use that medium in a way that is impactful enough to get my message across to folks. Um, and and that's just because I am not a part of that generation that understands, you know, how to get that message across. However, there are people that do it very effectively, and they understand how to do that. Um, and so for me, I think it 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 just came to a point where it was like, what does it look like for me? and is it healthy enough to keep doing it? Because I do spread a lot of education. I try to you know, post educational things, and you know, hopefully some of it gets through, and some of it is just me being ridiculous sometimes. but but either way, that's all I can do. And like I think I realized that, you know, even if I do want to be an advocate online and an activist, quote unquote, whatever, In, you know, in my day to day life, it's just got to be fulfilling enough for me because I can't I can't fit the the temperature of the room all the time because that's not sustainable. And I think I think that that's kind of what I see a lot of people my age and older kind of like trying to figure out what to do with it, because the culture is just moving in such a way that if you're not relevant on social media this younger generation just may not have any idea of what to make of your message because they're like but where you know like where are you like why don't i see you right like there's people on tiktok and instagram that have hundreds of millions of followers and i've never heard of them right and so it's like but they have an audience big enough to affect change mm-hmm. and so i think that that's a very old way of thinking that we have to log off to affect change because the reality is is logging on is the only only place that a lot of people have the access to information. I mean like that's what I was literally telling this teacher was just that like students literally can see what's going on in other countries now on their phone, but when mm-hmm. I was growing up we had to read it in a really old fucking textbook uh <laughs> you know, written by people that I really don't even agree with. And so it's like so what is or isn't better? I think it's just all a little bit subjective. I think all of it can be abused for sure, right? But having a very homogenized view of like world history Um, what I learned from my, you know, world history class versus what I actually see going on in other countries. Like, which one is actually better or worse? You know what I mean? Like, at Mm -hmm. least they have exposure straight from the source, right? Like, you can follow someone now that actually does do really interesting work in a different country. And that's going to, you know, do way more for your worldview and understanding of how things work than reading a textbook that was written in the '80s by some dude that thinks America's like number one, right? <laughs> like,
2: and, and to that very point, um, just just to kind of give a good example of that, a good personal example is there are politicians who I I have a, a great deal of admiration for in the country of Chile, which you know I I've been to Chile, I I know a very good amount in terms of. Their history in the last hundred years, and especially what what has happened to them in relation to the United States being involved in trying to interfere with their government, uh, so much so supporting a right wing, you know, military totalitarian takeover of the government in the early 1970s, and you know having that background, which you know I, I've had to like, you have to go to very specific voices, especially within the United States, who have talked about it using sort of the old style of learning information about what's gone on in Chile. But then fast forward to now where there's politicians there who are actively campaigning and are using social media, especially to their advantage in terms of the current elections that are going on there, which I want to say the runoff election is like the 22nd or maybe the 21st of December. But it's just fascinating that now you have that option to watch a country that has such a troubled history and such a fragile history and see them go in one of two directions that basically serves as a either appropriate or inappropriate follow up to what's come before. And, you know, I I think that's certainly something that is of great benefit to a lot of young people these days. And, you know, this even applies even when it comes to access to news, when it comes to how you can learn about what's going on in another country. And, you know, without going into too much minutia, Brazil is another country in in South America that I have close ties to, that it's the same way. You know, you could potentially go to BBC News and get your information about what's going on from them, but they may not even have an update in English available right now. And so you're thinking, well, maybe there's people in the country that are either journalists or politicians there that have a fairly good grasp of what's happening. And you could get breaking news right then and there and developments as they happen. Um, especially if their president has COVID for the ninth time, which he's had COVID more times than I think the average person. Um, so Holy wow. shit,
0: that's wild. <laughs> oh yeah,
2: he Bolsonaro, I mean, this was a guy who got stabbed right before he got elected. And I remember when he got stabbed because that was the day I said, "Oh, he's winning." He's winning. He he's got sympathy. He's winning. And he, you know, he he's basically the the I think one of the nicknames for him was the Trump of the Tropics. And in a lot of ways he he's in even greater exaggeration and more nightmarish uh, reinterpretation of Donald Trump and he keeps getting COVID and keeps going to the hospital and keeps living. And it's amazing because you're just thinking to yourself, he's doing everything wrong to get the, to to catch the virus. I mean, there was even one time wasn't wearing a mask and he got out of his presidential car, walks up to an old lady wipes his nose with his right hand and then immediately shakes her hand. Neither of them are masked. So, and they're surrounded by other people that are. Yeah. That's just poor. It's, it's insanity. That's just
3: unacceptable regardless.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, again, it just, it just shows the fact that a lot of the, the, the nightmare stuff that we saw last year is uh, I guess kind of, quote uh george costanza it's an import export business um what america has to offer because brazil's got it too um but uh <laughs> when it comes down to especially what your show does in following subject to subject and you know you brought it up beautifully earlier about how everything is very evergreen and there's a good possibility these subjects will come back up in another context it's fascinating just because in a lot of ways it feels familiar to sort some of the stuff we talk about where we know we don't have all the answers. We know that we can't always stamp a solution onto anything, but at the same time, you know, we're, we're of age and of the, the types of backgrounds that we're in, especially when it comes to work and employment and education, you know, it, Morgan, did you go to CSUN, or or you didn't go to CSUN, right?
3: No, I went to UC Santa Barbara.
2: Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, especially having that proximity to, in terms of where we're all where we all had our education, I, I think it gives all of us not only a good sense of the times that we live in, but I think more specifically, and I guess this kind of swings it back into sort of what would typically be the final question that I would ask for our guests before we let them go is sort of how your show in a way reflects um, society within Southern California. And I think in a lot of ways, just both of you being where you're from and both of you having the experiences you've had, despite the fact that Ryan you're on the East coast now, it's those experiences that show the reflection. And obviously that's kind of a, a in the weeds answer and it's also me answering the question, so I apologize. But it, <laughs> I, I mean, hell, I could even ask that. I, I can't even just go ahead and ask it. I guess when you think about your show, do you see that? Do you see sort of your, your upbringings in Southern California reflected in what you have to say and reflected in the show? Or do you look at it as something that's just going its own stride regardless of geography? Again, another rambling, loaded answer or loaded question. <laughs> oh <to apply>. yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I'm I'm over here like really deep in thought, and I forgot to like take myself off of you. Um, but, <laughs> but no, I think definitely we are we come from these topics in a very open-minded view because of w- where we grow up. Um, we grew up, even though in Southern California, and I get this question so often. Now moving to the East Coast, like, why would you come here? Like, what what would prompt that? Uh, and it probably has to do with the fact that it's about to be snowing in a few weeks. Um but more so even still yes we come from a you know quote unquote liberal minded open minded background. I'd say most most of the people that we have in our immediate circle definitely have open minds to discuss certain things, but but our immediate surroundings did not reflect that. Our immediate surroundings were much more you know akin to the Midwest ideals of you know conservatism and you know, keeping things the way that they were. I mean, I cannot tell you how it feels like I, you know, I'm in a time machine when I go home sometimes because it's like things are still so stagnant in certain places. And it gives the guys that like, no, things are fine. Like they're still the way they are and they can stay this way. When in reality, everything is like breaking down around, you know, around that area and nothing's really being built up. Um, companies are coming in and buying up more property, and you know the same little, you know, same little uh, shopping centers are on every corner now. Um, but it just points to the fact that, like, I think we always knew that there was a bigger world out there. Like I said, Morgan studied abroad, and that was obviously very eye-opening. Mm. I'm sure she can touch on that. Um, I've visited, you know, different countries, and and always have had my sets on something else and something other than what I was you know, kind of presented. And so I think coming from a place like Southern California, where it seems as though we have a lot of commentary on everything that goes on in the world, but we don't really have an understanding of what the US, (laughs) like (laughs) where the US kind of fell into those things and like how we actually fit into the bigger geography of the world, like we are influenced by it, but we also know that we are like such a small understanding of what is actually going on everywhere else. And so when I go places, I really do take that, you know, you know, as a point of pride that like I'm not I'm not coming to like Americanize other places. Right. Like I'm I'm trying to actually decolonize not only myself, but my ways of thinking as well. Right. And when you go to other places and you hear about other experiences, like it's super important to in, to adapt to that. Right. And not think that just because I'm going somewhere, I'm the American in X Mm. country. Right. And so just like you're saying, you know, being invested in other current events that are going on other places that is already like very different than what you typically hear, you know, the average Southern Californian person talk about. Um, They think that they're pretty well off, even though they're riddled with debt. Um, just like our, our perception of like where, we, like I said, where we actually are versus, you know, what people think of Southern Californians. It's like it really doesn't match up. And I think for me, that's why these candid conversations are so important, because we do end up talking about real social issues that, you know, like we were just talking on one of our last episodes about mental health and how that's not accessible for everyone to even dive into. Like everyone does not have the, the health care insurance to. Uh, I won't even say healthcare insurance or healthcare. It, everyone does not have the insurance that we deem necessary to have to get into conversations like that, right? Like the everyday person that you know might be working part time at three jobs is not being supported enough to think into their mental health, and so that's why I kind of called it like a safe haven in our in our you know podcast because it's like hopefully even people across the sea or you know down the street from us can find something to relate to because everyone is not going to be given that opportunity to really dive into, you know, their, their psyche that way. Um, But Morgan, I'm sure, you know, you can have something to add to that as well. (laughs) I'm a co-host. not a.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, I think she's totally right. We definitely grew up in this weird, like conservative, conservative pocket of California. And we just spent our younger years, you know, desperate to get out. And so I think that, that like thirst for knowledge has, you know, grown with us. And so with the podcast, we get to explore these different topics and yeah, we might have liberal views, but there are problems with our society as a whole. You know, we're talking about, you know, uh, accessibility to contraception, the idea of virginity, the importance of the number of people you've slept with you know, these are across the board, these affect everyone. And so our conversations are really trying to get to the heart of that. And, you know, sharing our experiences and hopefully making it relatable for others. Um, but yeah, we're, we're definitely not close minded about anything, we want it to be as accessible as possible. And hopefully we're presenting it that way.
0: Yeah, definitely. There's a point in the activism episode where Morgan actually goes back on what she says. She's like, you know what, actually, now that we're having this discussion, like, I I take that back, you know, and she was basically talking about, yeah, like posting on social media, you know, what does that really mean? Is it
4: Mm -hmm.
0: it from, is it coming from a good place, right? Like, like you were saying, you know, if your heart's in the right place, but your post is, (laughs) you know, a little bit showing otherwise, you know, and like you said, you're at quote unquote brunch the next day because, because yeah, the orange man is out of office. Like, Where does that really put you on the on the spectrum of like activism versus advocacy right like where do you fall and that's the reality that you're gonna kind of toss and turn between those things and you you might have to take a break for a while and you know you might feel bad for a while but those are all real human emotions that you should be able to accept about yourself and and be okay with the fact that everyone is also going through those same things and and so i think that that's really important that when we have these conversations like after we get done with the episode, it's not like, yeah, it's not really like it's just a, like a ah moment. like we you know we we've, we've surpassed that. Now we understand activism. Let's keep going. you know, it's more so like this is the opening to that conversation. And I think that now that we have like a structure a structured uh, platform to discuss these things, it just lets us know that, yeah, these are conversations that we've been having, but now getting feedback from others that have watched it, letting us know that, oh my gosh, I've never thought about that. Or, you know, oh my gosh, I, I totally had a similar experience. It lets us know that it, it's, it's not lost on us that even though the podcast is very saturated right now, there's a lot of podcasts that you can pick from. Everyone can have their, their spot, you know, and everyone can have that spotlight um, about whatever issues that they deem fit. And so that for me is everything. The fact that I get to enjoy my time, not only with my best friend, But also I get to enjoy the fact that I can be open and honest about this and it can let somebody, you know, start a conversation, whether it be in their household or with a friend, it just really makes it all worth it because it lets us know that we're opening something that maybe has been done and could be, you know, happening on, you know, the other side of the country and we just don't know it or whatever, but it, but it still lets us know that it's important and that, you know, it's, it's never going to be too much, I think. Um, if anything, hopefully we're just opening up the gates for more people to, you know, start their own podcast. and Because that's what happened for me. I think we, like she said, we were both huge podcast fans and we got inspired by what we were hearing. And so it was like, yeah, we we also have an opinion and something to say um, mm-hmm. for, you know, for whatever issue that may come up. Um, yeah.
2: Again, especially when it comes to a show like yours, it's it's coming from the heart. Gr- granted I'm biased when I say it, it, it comes from some level of authority because Ryan, I know you, <laughs> um, but it's, it, you know, at the end of the day, I think everything that you're doing, it's wonderful. It's fantastic. I, I can't praise it enough. Uh, I could keep praising it, but <laughs> I, I know we're, we're running short on time. Um, <laughs> where, where can the good people find, well, actually, first of all, Morgan for yourself, since you're, new to mars on life and as well as the socials for the podcast i guess where can the good people find you
3: um mainly on instagram i i just haven't mastered twitter i <laughs> <laughs> i'm just not that good at it um i'm trying but uh you can find me on instagram for sure um my handle is that girl mo with two underscores <laughs> one underscore was taken so there's two
4: <laughs> oh
2: wow okay yeah so. uh and then i guess where where can the good people find either i guess both the, the socials for uh for the podcast as well as where can they listen to it
3: we are on um apple podcasts we are on google podcasts we are on iHeartRadio, and oh spotify i think that's it right now
0: yeah, we're looking into Facebook podcasts, but yeah, we're we haven't, <laughs> we haven't broached that yet. But yeah, definitely <laughs> all the platforms. Um, yeah. yeah. Am I doing this wrong? And then our Insta handle is um, wrong. The podcast, and that is <laughs> the same as our Twitter. We are going to get that up and running very soon. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely check us out. Don't
3: we're also on I- YouTube. Um, we do have language access, ASL language access. Um, provided by interpreters for most of our episodes Uh, so we do have a youtube channel to provide a visual element for just additional listeners viewers (laughs) (laughs) want everyone to get a chance to check it out
2: splendid and very 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 last question i promise Uh, any any tease for the next episode for the subject of the next episode?
0: Ooh. Um, (laughs) I'm like trying to think which one we're (laughs) editing because yeah, recording early is very helpful, but it also makes it very hard to keep track of like (laughs) what we actually can tease toward. Um, Morgan, do you know offhand?
3: (laughs) Oh, good question. Oh, you know what? I can gonna be an interesting one. Uh, we will be talking about fetishes.
2: Oh boy! Yeah, <laughs> fascinating. <so. laughs>
3: Long dramatic pause. We'll be talking about fetishes. It's a little bit of an intro episode. I'm sure we'll be doing a deep dive because there was the research was so fun. Um, but the fetishes are a plenty, and we will uh, <laughs> we will definitely. Be diving into more, but yes, our our next Monday episode will be on fetishes. Yeah,
0: and I will say just to add, because like I said, we do record quite early. We also do have, um, like I said, we we try to plan somewhat around the time of year as well, and so we will also be having um, an episode about um, holidays with family, and uh, that will definitely be an interesting one because it it is like all too relevant for our generation. Um, I think we definitely as a generation are starting to kind of figure out that, you know, we can go go a little rogue when it comes to having family uh, family <laughs> holidays. And and I think that I realize that that's just becoming ever more present, you know, that we don't really have to always fall into these um, traditions that our country really, uh, you know, presses upon us. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's going to be really a really interesting episode as well. But fetishes definitely check out
2: that'll be fun absolutely i'll be i'll definitely be checking in on those episodes when they drop ran thank you so incredibly much for joining us once again and morgan given that you are new to the show and we haven't done this in quite a while actually uh we have our sort of standard uh it's not so much farewell but we'll meet again uh but it's also kind of a reverse salutation just because we're at the end of the show, and we've already said hello. Um, I did not intend for that to rhyme. I apologize. But anyway, (laughs) uh, basically, since you're new to the show, uh, I just want to simply say, Morgan, welcome to
3: Mars. (laughs) Thank you so much. This was so fun, and we appreciate it so much that you would have us on here and feature our show. Like I cannot tell you how appreciative we are. Yeah, this has been super awesome. Yeah,
0: Ryan, as always, it's always a good conversation. I knew mm-hmm. I'd get at least one impression. I'm so I'm so surprised <laughs> that I didn't get another one, but that just means we'll have to be back later.
2: <laughs> well, hey, I mean, you never know. I mean, the episode's ending, and you know, there's only there's only so many minutes left in an episode like this, and getting a little overclamped just thinking about it. It's almost <laughs> over. We're we're almost about to say goodbye, and you, you never know. It's. Starting to lose it. George is getting upset.
0: Um, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We had to have, yeah, me and Ryan have definitely spent a lot of time on Instagram chatting about how much we both still enjoy Seinfeld. And I just don't think most people get it. So I much appreciate (laughs) it.
2: And the sad thing is, is that we're we're still two weeks away from Festivus. So, you know, Uh, hell, this could have been the season finale. And I, you know. (laughs) Ryan, This is your both. Right. You know, it would have been, it would have been great. You know,
0: Fine I, mean, I, are already wore, I already wore my Festivus sweatshirt once. So, you know, it's, it's always Festivus to me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, ladies and gents, take it easy. You've been listening to Mars on life. Look up our show on Instagram and Twitter by searching at Mars on life show and give us a follow. Tune in to the latest episodes and bonus content from our show wherever podcasts are found, including Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Also, don't forget to head on over to the official Mars on Life YouTube channel to like and subscribe our work. This show's artwork, Happy Mars, is by Zachary Erberich, while our intro and outro is Space Explorers by Kevin McLeod. Once again, I am Ryan Mancini, and my co-host, as always, is Sebastian Shug. If you keep going, you'll make it to Mars.